Now today, I'm so glad that you are here. We welcome you. I hope that you are ready to receive the word. We are in a series we have been doing since the first of the year. We've been using the word pursue as the theme of our series. It's been the theme of this year. God, we are pursuing you to a deeper level. God, we're pursuing you for our family. God, we're pursuing you in greater purpose. We're pursuing you, God, in so many different areas on a deeper level with God. So today I want to talk to you about something I believe is a very strong word that I believe can really speak to all of us today. I want to talk to you about the thought, stop the excuses. Come on now, turn to your name and say, it's going to be good. He's going to preach to you today. Somewhere he's going to step on your toes. Stop the excuses. Aren't we great at making excuses? Come on now, we are professional excuse makers. Remember when you could blame oversleeping on your alarm, like the electricity went off at home, the reason why I'm late is I overslept, but now with digital age, with our clocks being on our phones, our alarms being on our phones, and it doesn't make a difference, whatever, it stays where it needs to be, we can't use that excuse to what we used to. I remember one time, and I asked my son if I could share this uh, illustration, Landon, he was a senior in football at the Web City High School, and they had to be there at 6 o'clock. The seniors had to be there at 6 a.m. for summer workouts. Every, every morning, Monday through Friday, they were there at 6 a.m. working out. So that means you had to leave the house about 5.45 to get there and be early and be on time. And so one morning, about 6.40, I got up and was walking around, and I noticed this car was still out there in the drive. And so I went and woke him up and said, dude, what are you doing? It's like 6.40. He, he got up in a panic. Oh, my God! Well, Dad, I'm on my, I'm on oh, you know, listen, there's nothing worse than being late for a workout or practice if you're a player, especially a senior leader as he was. And so he was so like, I'm just going to text the coach and let him know that I'm sick today. I said, no, you're not. He's like, well, I got to, what am I going to do? I said, you're going to text the coach, tell him you accidentally overslept and you'll be down there to work out with the freshman in just a few minutes. So he, he did that. He, he goes, oh, he was, I could hear him slamming doors, you know. I said, that, when he got back, I said, how'd it go? He goes, it was the worst workout ever. He goes, I was working out with the freshmen, and they, all the coaches come in and said, boy, the freshmen are sure a lot bigger these days. They're producing bigger freshmen. And they just, you know, of course, give him a hard time as coaches would. But I believe what happened there was this, that he, I talked to his coaches later and said we respected him because most people would have made an excuse he told the truth, owned up to it, and he went down there and worked out anyway just with a different group. And so in his eyes, he began to get elevated. He was elected captain that year. So that year, he began to elevate himself even through his mistakes. See, when you cut out the excuses and begin to say, God, I'm, this is who I am. God, I'm getting real with you today. You begin to elevate. I want you to know today that we got to cut out the excuses. You know, we're so good at making excuses. Traffic was bad. I overslept for this and that. You know, nowadays, though, you know, with the phones I just talked about, now we've got an app that tells you how to avoid traffic jams. Pretty soon, we're going to run out of excuses, guys. I think I like this photo right here that simply says this. Look at this photo, this text I saw. When you officially run out of excuses, hey, I will likely be a little late because of who I am as a person. Can anybody identify with that? Just be honest. Cut, cut the excuses. We're probably going to be late just because of my wife. Okay, whatever, just be honest. 
We make a lot of excuses. We make excuses for our health. We make excuses for our family time. We make our excuses for our parenting. We make excuses for our jobs. We all do it. It's so easy to do. And spiritually, we can do the same thing. Spiritually, we can make up a lot of excuses of why we're not growing, why we're not as strong as we need to be, why we're weak in our faith, or maybe why we're struggling. We're really good at making excuses. But I want you to know, you got to get rid of your excuses if you want to go to a deeper level. If you want to pursue God to a deeper level this year, you got to just cut out the excuses and just be real. This is who I am. I'm going to cut out the excuses. This is who I am. Lay down our excuses and let's pursue God at a greater level this year. Now, Luke chapter 9 is what we're going to study today. And this whole chapter is full of people who made excuses. They all wanted to follow God to a different level. They all wanted to be a disciple, a follower, to pursue Jesus on a deeper level. But they they had some excuses. And I think that if we're not careful, we can fall in line with these same excuses. See if we don't identify with some of these excuses today. Let's read it now. Let's pick it up in verse 23 and 24, Luke chapter 9. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, if you try to make excuses, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life, stop making excuses, for my sake, you will save it. There's something happening when we let go of our excuses and begin to surrender our life fully to Jesus. Something begins to happen. What I want you to understand, Jesus says, if you want to keep your life, you're going to lose it. If you want to give your life, you'll find it. So the key to greater pursuing God on a greater level is simply taking a posture where you open up your hands and your heart and say, God, I am learning to surrender all. This is who I am as a person. This is who I am, my flaws and all. This is my, I'm cutting out the excuses. This is me. We take a posture of humility and we open up and say, God, we are giving our life to you. A posture of surrender. So let's look at these three excuses. See if you can relate to any of them. Number one, excuse number one, I will follow if, the big if, right? I will follow if. When I first got married, my wife, I thought everything would be 50-50. You remember that? When you first get married, husbands, you remember when you thought when you was getting married, everything was going to be 50-50? But quickly, I understood things were different. She actually got 90% of the bathroom counter. She got 90% of the decorations. Her laundry was folded nice. Mine was just so-so. Her shirts get hung out to dry. Mine get thrown in the dryer to shrink up. Her clothes get separated really good. My shirts turn pink. Uh, then one day we, we understood something. We started negotiating. All right, we got to negotiate this, honey. We got to learn to negotiate. So uh, we, we begin to negotiate, all right? If I can have the big screen, you can have the couch you want. Any husband say amen to that, all right. If I get the TV I want, you can get the couch you want. You can have the big bathroom with all the counter space as long as I get the tiny micro bathroom to myself, all right? We learn to negotiate our marriage things. We're going to negotiate. Listen, we are like this with God. We like to negotiate with God. God, I will follow you if. God, I will sell out 
if. God, I will surrender all if. But listen, we don't negotiate with God. That's not the way it works in our relationship with God. Look at verse 57 and 58. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. What we see here, this guy was saying, Jesus, now if this had been early on at the start of his ministry, this maybe would have been a little bit more uh, substantial But by this time, Jesus is already doing miracles. He's raising the dead. He's already calming. I mean, the word is getting out that, man, the disciples are experiencing and seeing Jesus do miracle after miracle. The thousands now are following him. Thousands are following out to the hillside. They hear him teaching. I mean, he, without social media, he went viral. I mean, everybody wanted to be around Jesus. So for this man to come up at this time and say, I will follow you where you want to go, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Really what he was saying was, hey man, can I, can I get along for the ride? Can I come along and, and be along and see you do all these miracles? I, I can live there. Hey, you guys are traveling. All the exciting things are happening. I heard about what happened on the Sea of Galilee. I heard about how you fed this. I heard about all these things are happening. And quickly, we can be like, I want to be a part of that. But it wasn't, I can follow you if I can partake in that. It was, it was like, I can, I'll follow you if I can come with you and experience all those great things. See, that was the intent of his heart, and Jesus knew that. We want you to understand that Jesus was like, man, you don't understand what's going on. You don't understand, I, I'm on my way to the cross. You think this is all fun and games. You think this is all exciting, but really what you don't understand is I'm asking these people that are really following me, they're going to be martyrs. They're going to give up their life. They're going to die in my name. They're going, to be, they're going to be tormented. They're going to be persecuted But for my name's sake. You have no idea what you're saying. So if you want to follow me, yeah, but you don't follow me because of what the crowd's doing. You follow me because you're willing to give down your life for me. See, the immature, look at this statement. The immature say, I will follow Jesus if. If you do this for me, I'll follow you. But the mature, the blessed, the free, they say, I will follow you even if. See, the big difference between if and even if. If you do this for me, I will give up to you. If you do this for me, I will, we try to negotiate. God, if you'll just give me a raise, then I'll pay my tithes. God, if you just give me a better job, then I can, then I'll sacrifice. God, if you just do this, if you can just do that, we have all these ifs we attach to God, and serving God is not about negotiation. It's about full surrender. If you want to pursue God to a deeper level this year, it's going to require you to give up some things in your life. And it's not a, if God, you do this, I will do that. It's even if, God. It's even if, God. Even if you don't give me the raise, I'm going to follow you. Even if you don't heal me, I'm going to trust you. Even if you don't answer my prayer, I'm going to give you my all. Even if you don't give me the answer I'm looking for, my life is in full surrender to you. I will follow you. I will trust you. Even if I don't get the answer I desire. Stop negotiating. Look at this. Stop negotiating with God and start surrendering to him. This is the key to spiritual maturity. This is where it lies. 
Stop negotiating. I react when God, no, I am proactive because God was proactive. Before I ever acknowledged him, he first died for me while we were yet sinners. When we mocked him, when we ran from him, when society rejected him, he so loved us that he laid down his life in advance for us. No condition. He just laid it down out of love. And so my response is, God, before you answer a prayer, God, before you do anything else to bless me, I will serve you if. I will surrender if. Right now, none of that. I surrender even if, God. Even if, I will give you everything. This will free your spirit. I'm telling you, this will take you to a new level of freedom. God, even if, I don't care. God, I'm doing it, God. I'm going to, excuse number two is this. I will follow you when. I will follow you when. Look at verse 59 and 60. He said to another person, come and pursue me, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first, here comes the excuse, right? Let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and to preach about the kingdom of God. First, we're, we're always, you know, God, I'll surrender. Pastor Gene, I'm ready to surrender. But first, I got to take care of some things. At first, first glance, we look at this, we, it kind of feels like Jesus is being kind of harsh, right? I mean, if you read this out of context, you can think, man, Jesus, the guy's father died. Let him go bury. And if we understand scripture, Jesus was always very much moved with compassion at funerals. I mean, we've seen him raise the dead at funerals. He wept with his friends when they went and Lazarus had died. Even knowing he was going to resurrect them when he got there, they were mourning and he wept as well with them. See, Jesus is very compassionate. So we know that's not what he was intent of with this response. Because scholars tell us as we study this out, his response was not that his father had died. His response was, my father's getting kind of old and one day he's going to die. And after he dies and I tie up all of his affairs and that's all done, then I'll follow you. You see, we're really good about that too, right? We're really good about making up excuses, you know. It wasn't that this man's probably said this man's father had not died yet. He was just saying he's going to die. And so after he does die, I'll be able, I'll be more free to do more things for you, to follow you. And we're really good at all of this in our life. We find out that we want to serve God if God and I'll follow you when, when you do this for me. I want you to get this in your spirit right now. Jesus was like, no, come follow me now. We do the same thing. God, I'll follow you when I stop my addiction. God, I'll follow you when my job changes to a better job. God, I'll follow you when I graduate college. God, I'll follow you when I get married. God, I'll follow you when I retire. God, I will follow you more when I'm saved up enough money so I don't have to work so hard. We have all these conditions. God, I will give you all when. And Jesus is like, stop, man. If you're gonna follow me, it requires full surrender now. He wants it now. Stop the excuse of I will. Can I, can I just be honest? We, me included, and you included, 
none of us will ever be worthy to serve him. None of us will ever, ever, ever deserve the grace of God. We'll never do anything that allows us to earn God's love any more than we have right now. So we might as well just learn to surrender all right now. You might as well learn to God, it's only by grace. God, I'm going to serve you right now. Well, Pastor, I got things to change before God can use me. Let me give you some information today. God loves to use messed up people. God loves to use people who don't have it all together. God loves to use imperfect people. God loves to use these people. So stop waiting. Stop making the excuse and say, God, here I am. I will follow you now. I will surrender all now. See, but surrender, we always say, I will surrender all when I get my life put together right. And that's not the way it works. We surrender first then our life gets put together right. It's through the act of surrendering can God put my life back together. Listen, we're all Humpty Dumpty. We've all fallen off the wall. We need someone to put us back together again. We don't put ourselves back together. It takes the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come and repair our hearts again. And it comes through surrender. God uses broken people. Look at this statement. Your most powerful ministry will come from a place of your greatest pain and brokenness. This is so true for me and it's so true for you. The places of your greatest hurt, places of your greatest struggle, the places of your greatest mistakes, the places of maybe something that happened in your life, traumatic, all those things become your greatest tool that God wants to use in your life because you're broken in those areas and he learns to use them for his glory. I don't negotiate with God. I don't serve him if and I don't serve him when. I serve him now. I don't surrender when, I surrender now. Let me give you four areas that will help you. I believe these four areas will help you engage now. These four areas will help you surrender now. If you want to see supernatural growth in your life, let me just give you four beginning areas you can do this. Uh, listen, you got, first of all, you've got to make it a priority. Attend service faithfully, man. That's got to be a building block right there. Where do I start? Well, start being faithful. Be faithful. Listen, you picked a good day to be here. This is the message for all those watching online, okay? I, I'm, I'm preaching to you today. You're watching online. I'm not talking about the ones who missed because of vacation. But I'm talking about those who haven't got, got out of the habit of attending church in person. We need to be a church in person. Serve the Lord faithful. Why? Because I'm going to grow. That's how I grow. I'm made to grow in a body of believers. We are the family of God. We are the body of Christ. And we are called to worship together, serve together, praise together, study together. We're called to do life together. And so I need to attend service on a faithful. Listen, some of you after, after COVID hit and we shut down and came back, it's been really easy to get in the habit of showing up once a month. We used to be here three or four times a month. Now it's easy to miss. I'm just encouraging you as your pastor. So you know, as for me and my house, we're going to be faithful to the house of the Lord. This is how I take the next step in growing. Be faithful. Start off being faithful. Invite somebody. Come on now. Invite somebody. Invite a friend with you. Invite somebody. Pour your life into somebody else. Invite them to come with you. This is going to help take you to a different level when you get out of your shell and start helping somebody else. Invite a friend to attend with you. Number three, take the next step. Serve 
serve, get involved, serve, get involved, serve, and get involved. I am so excited. We're have a Dream Team Bash coming up in a few weeks. And man, it's going to be an awesome time. We're going to celebrate. I think we have 140 volunteers signed up for that event. It's going to be an awesome event. That's how you grow, is you serve. You only grow halfway if you're, only, if you're attending the church Sunday morning only. But when you serve, your growth begins to speed up rapidly because you're now you're putting into practice what the Bible says when we serve one another and we love one another and we minister one to each other. Step up, get involved, serve. And then I want you to learn to give generosity. I want you to give generously to people. Listen, I want you to give with a heart of giving. I'm so proud of you. We set a record two weeks ago when we gave our one-day offering. Man, what, look what happens when we come together and we give. We're going to give over 100,000 meals away this year to starving children because of your generosity. That unlocks the heart of God. Yeah. That unlocks God's blessing. That unlocks God's favor. And it will take you to a different level when you open up your heart and start giving. We see a difference how our giving makes. And God wants us to cut out the excuses. Let's come in and serve. Now, excuse number three. Some last excuse I'm going to give you today is I'll, I'll follow you, but. There's a lot of big butts out there. No pun intended. I'll follow you, Jesus, but, but. But, but, look at this in verse 61 and 62. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus said, don't look back Look forward. If you're going to follow after Jesus, stop looking back. Remember how the children of Israel had a bad habit of looking back? I mean, they prayed for God to take them to the promised land, get us out of captivity, out of Pharaoh's rulership, and set us free and take us to the promised land. God is on the way of setting them free, on the journey to take them to the new promised land, and they kept looking back. Well, we had it better back there. All we're getting here is this manna every single day. God's given us this manna to eat. We'd had, we had steak back there. We had, we had, you know, we had different kinds of spices back there. And they began to complain about what they had. And they kept looking back. We had a better. Are you kidding me? They raped your daughters back there. They worked you 14 and 16 hour days back there. They owned your family back there, but you keep looking back. And when you look back, all of a sudden, the things that used to be painful, the things that used to be an addiction in your life, the things that used to be a sorrow in your life, the longer you stare back at it, the more you miss it. Even if it's bad, you, start, you miss it. I miss that. And your mind starts playing tricks on you. The mind starts lying to you. You had it better before you went to church. You had it better in that abusive relationship. You had it better when you was doing this yourself. And your mind will lie to you. When you look back, you'll be tempted to go back. That's why God said, don't look back. Look ahead. Look ahead. Look forward. Put your hand to the plow. Begin to till new ground. I've got a new season. I've got a new harvest for you. And it's much better when you don't look back and look ahead. You can see all the blessing I've got for you and your family. Don't look back. Look forward. Stop making excuses. Now is the time. Now is the time. 
Let me say very clearly, now is the time. Cut out the excuses and say, God, I'm going to pursue you this year like never, ever before. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word, which brings life and correction that allows me to grow, brings conviction to my heart. Father, I thank you that your, your word changes me. This morning, if you're here, you say, Pastor, I, I hear you talking, and I, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I've never, ever done that before. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus, and today I'm ready to do that. We're not going to do anything to single you out. I promise you we won't embarrass you, but I want to give you a chance just to respond. You say, how do I do that? First of all, you put your, your faith in the finished work of the cross. You believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. That he died on the cross for the sins of your world, including yours and mine. And you believe today that he was buried, and on the third day he was resurrected. He had been given power of death over death, over life. It all belongs to him. Today, if you believe that Jesus Christ is calling you to a deeper level, and you believe that he's calling you to give your life to him, and you've never done that before, can you just lift your hand where I can see you? Let me see today. I want to make sure you have a chance to receive that. Thank you. Anybody else want to join them? Go on, raise it high. No one's looking at me. Just raise your hands. Fine. Thank you. Yeah, I see those hands. Thank you. This is what I want you to do today. If you raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. As Christians around you, we'll help you along. Let's say, say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. If you really meant that prayer from your heart today, we say welcome to the family of God. Give him a hand clap. It's all right. It's just a starting point.